If you're ever feeling down, type pregnancy announcement into the search box on YouTube. Just make sure you have some Kleenex nearby. Somebody having a baby? Who would have a baby? You? You really are? What does that mean? What makes these videos so great is that they allow us to see this unfiltered, real-time reaction to the news of a new baby. That reaction is almost always joy for moms, spouses, siblings, and grandparents-to-be. But the reaction is different when a woman struggling with opioid use disorder learns she's pregnant. First off, it's usually a surprise. Almost 90% of these pregnancies are not planned. And there's rarely any joy. Anna a Metro Health patient who shared her story in a 2015 video explains how she got her news. I actually was in the hospital of a consequence because of my using. When the doctor came in and told me I was pregnant, I had no words to say. I didn't know what I was going to do. I freaked out inside. These moms are so afraid to acknowledge that they've been using while pregnant. I wish we could count how many times we've had moms just bawl their eyes out when they come in. And I've had moms tell me, I feel like a monster. And that to me was extremely powerful because I didn't look at her as a monster. She was a beautiful young lady coming in very early in her pregnancy to me, doing all of the right things and wanting to go do treatment. But still, she feels like a monster. That's Mansi Ing a social worker here at Metro Health. Most of the time, society does view pregnant women addicted to opioids as monsters. Over the last four decades, 45 states have tried to prosecute women for exposing their unborn babies to drugs. 23 states, including Ohio, consider substance use during pregnancy to be child abuse under civil statutes. But perhaps the only thing monstrous here is the attitude that these women are somehow different than other moms that they don't love the baby growing inside them or that they can't be helped. That's just wrong. And you're about to get the proof. I'm Tina Arundel, and this is Prescription for Hope. Monsi works in Metro Health's Mother and Child Dependency Program. It cares for pregnant women who are dependent on opioids. It works to improve the outcomes for them and their babies. Dr. Jennifer Baylett runs the program. So I came to Metro Health in 2002, and in that year we had about five women with opiate use disorder. Fairly rare, didn't think much about it. Then as time went on, we got more and more and more patients. Uh, and I will say that in the last year, which is 2017, we saw roughly 180 patients, um, up from, like I said, five in 2002. Dr. Baylett, Monsi, and the rest of the team have cared for more than 800 mothers just since 2013. And who are these mothers? Some of our patients are just on private insurance. They're working. I think there's a myth that these people are all down and out. We have people who are perfectly functional adults with families and jobs who are heroin addicts. They are your next door neighbor in the Tonius communities. They are from the inner city. They're from everywhere around. The moms usually arrive in two ways. A worried family member finds out about the program, calls and asks for help, or 
the mother attempts to quit cold turkey, and it doesn't go well. So typically the first thing that happens is a woman will be either usually early pregnancy um, and say, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant and I know I need to do something different. They will often stop and go into horrible withdrawal and then show up on our labor and delivery or emergency room asking for help. At that point, we hospitalize them and we start them on either Subutex or Methadone to stabilize their withdrawal. We don't want pregnant women in withdrawal, mostly because if we just ask them to stop cold turkey, 70% of them will go back to using and then the risk of death is higher with the overdose. So we really try to put them on methadone or subutex. Going cold turkey is not a great option during pregnancy. And then Monsi and her team come in to try to match somebody with a drug treatment center in the community. Then they get discharged from the hospital, they continue on with their drug treatment in the community and they come to see us for prenatal care. As the expectant moms begin treatment and start taking maintenance medication to stay sober, they stabilize. And then they begin getting worried. There's two main concerns that they have once they get into a program, get stable with their sobriety. The first is that their baby might withdraw. Um, and the second is that children's services is going to be involved at delivery. Seeing or just even hearing a baby suffering through withdrawal or neonatal abstinence syndrome is just awful. We won't play much of this clip. You get the idea. Babies who are going through opiate withdrawal are very fussy little people. They have cries that are just sort of high-pitched. They have diarrhea. And as a new mother knows, any baby who's having bowel issues sometimes gets bad diaper rash. They have some tummy pain. They're just uncomfortable little people, and they're hard to console. I always tell my mom, you know, labor is painful, but it ends. Like, there is an end point. You will make it through. The process of watching your child withdraw is going to be the most emotionally difficult thing you're going to go through. The other part that I think people don't realize is these women experience so much guilt when they see their child go through that, knowing that even though I did all the right things, I got sober, I got on this medication that was recommended by the doctor, this could still happen to my baby. A baby of a mom taking opioids, even if it's doctor-prescribed methadone or buprenorphine to stay sober, that baby has a roughly 50-50 chance of going into withdrawal. So babies typically withdraw, we usually know within a couple of days after delivery. If they do start to withdraw, we give them little tiny baby doses of morphine and then we wean them off, usually about three or four weeks, occasionally longer, occasionally shorter. Babies um, need what all babies need. They need love, they need to be snuggled, they need quiet environments. These babies don't tolerate loud boisterousness as well as others. So we really try to try to keep the noise, the light, everything else quiet and we try to keep those babies snuggled up with their moms. That's an important point. While other hospitals put withdrawing newborns in the neonatal intensive care unit, Dr. Bailey and her team keep these babies in the nursery or on the pediatric floor. We really try to keep these moms and babies together by not having the babies go to the NICU. And then on top of that, once mom is discharged from her own delivery admission, she can actually stay on the unit with the baby so she can provide all the care, do all the night feeds, hold the baby, do all the things that she would have done at home, um, but do it in the hospital instead. And so that bonding process can continue, because imagine being separated from your child for three weeks. The other fear of these expectant moms in the program? Having their newborn taken away. 
children's services causes more of a fear. That is why some of these women wait to get help is they're so afraid that their children are going to be taken away. Um, so we do a lot of education about this is what you can do to support yourself and show that you are in a stable place, um, stay in treatment, get stable housing, prepare for the baby. Really, in the sobriety is key. So that's really what we focus on. In 24 states, including Ohio, healthcare professionals are required to report suspected or diagnosed prenatal drug use. And we are very transparent with our moms. So first interaction when they come in, they get notified that this is going to happen at delivery. This is why you're here. This is why we're here to help you. We're going to help you get into a program and work on your sobriety. So by the time you do deliver and we do cultural and services, we'll have, you know, we have to report the good and the bad. Typically what happens is a caseworker is assigned. They will come and meet with mom, find out more information about where she's living, how she's doing in treatment, what have her drug screens been like and do a home visit, make sure that mom has everything for the baby. If mom is new in sobriety, then they usually identify a family member, usually grandma and, you know, father of the baby if he's sober and stable, to be a support person. So how many of the program's moms are able to show children's services that they can be trusted to bring their babies home and keep them safe? The percentage is higher than you might think. 70%. But Children's Services keeps an eye on them. They will usually keep the case open to make sure that mom follows through with completing treatment and that the things just stay okay. Because what we know is that a newborn is very challenging. <laughs> that can cause a lot of stress um, for a mom who's been under a lot of stress during the pregnancy. So a lot of my moms will tell me that they kind of like <laughs> Children's Services um, supporting them because it keeps that fire underneath them. They know that I have someone kind of watching out, making sure I'm doing okay, and that motivates me to make sure I stay on track. That point might be the most important and inspiring part of the Mother and Child Dependency Program. Babies are always gifts. They're always miracles. For these mothers, their babies can also be their saviors. Here's Anna again. When Elliot was born, I never thought I could love somebody so much. He, he's amazing. He, um, he keeps me sober every day. These women want the same things that I want for my own child. Um, they want their child to be healthy. They want their child to be happy. They want to be there for the milestones. Helping them get sober, get into treatment. Um, bridge those relationships with their family members. Seeing them um, walk out of the hospital with their baby, it's really rewarding because no one wants to be a heroin addict. And I think that's the part that people don't understand. These women desperately want to stop. Um, and this pregnancy becomes their main motivation to do that. Pregnancy offers them a window of opportunity, not only for motivation, but for resources within the community that aren't always there for them until they are pregnant. And so where they might not have been able to get into treatment before, when you're pregnant, they, they get to go to the top of the line. And so sometimes being able to access those resources is one of the key elements in helping to get people sober. We've talked a lot in this podcast about the power of opioid addiction and the pain and despair of withdrawal, how it keeps so many people hooked. It is so strong. But it turns out one thing is stronger, motherhood. 
the, the maternal primal doesn't win for everybody, but I will say 70% or so of our moms go home with babies, which is a sign that they are sober, stable, and have gotten their lives together. So I, I, I'm given one to the maternal primal need. Why do you do this work? We as women struggle with so many different things in life, mental health, body image, you name it. I find the drive in these women to be very compelling. Getting sober is extremely difficult. Um, they are already used to being viewed as the lowest person in society. And then they just pick themselves up and start putting their lives back together. And I find that to be very compelling. I mean, that's what sort of drives me on the bad days is sort of feeling like I'm making a difference in the world. And I may not be able to change a lot of things that I'd like to change in this world, but at least for that little corner of the world on that day, at that time, I made a difference. And that's enough to get up in the morning and go to work every day. As they do that work every day, Monsi and Dr. Baylett see more they could be doing. They have a wish. We need a house for these women. They need a place where they can go with these babies that has some type of mother hen there to, to help them learn, you know, this is how I, you know, console my baby. This is how I swaddle my baby. Because the whole focus during the pregnancy is sobriety, which is extremely important. And they get there and they have the baby and then they go home and now they're responsible for this extremely adorable but extremely needy human being. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on them. I mean, we do unfortunately see some women relapse during that first three to six months. Um, so if there was a place that they could go that also focused on sobriety but focused on supporting them as a new mother, that's, that's what we need. Ten women with a communal kitchen, living room, a house mother there to help somewhere near the hospital so they get back and forth to their appointments. It would be lovely. Until that happens, they'll do what they do best. Care for moms and babies. And provide hope. People see heroin addiction as a horrible end to a life. And, and there's, there's hope after heroin. There is life after heroin. And we just need to help people get there. Anna's already there. When I was using, I didn't look into the future. I lived on a day-to-day -day basis, hoping to make it to the next day. Since Elliot was born, my future has become a lot brighter. He makes me want to be the mom in the crowd that cheers for him. That says, that's my boy. I'm so proud. Next time on Prescription for Hope. You know, I was buying the pills from a fellow student in my dorm rooms and I went to him uh, you know started going through withdrawal I went to him to get more and he was out and he introduced me to heroin hi my name is Jack Dooner one of the mortality specialists here in the pathology department and I'm also the deaner so I do uh, the autopsies with the resident doctors prescription for hope is a production of the Metro Health System which is working hard to become the most admired public hospital system in the nation thank you <laughs>